0: these verses um, can be very difficult to follow so I just I know I say this uh, semi regularly but if, if you do have it there in front of you it's going to be helpful uh, as we as we uh, for the next 15 20 minutes um, clearly these verses they flow out of the first half of chapter 5 because it begins with the word therefore uh, and uh, yet it, introduces an entirely new idea, and that is that there really are two Adams. Two Adams, the first being Adam, of Adam and Eve, and the second being Jesus. For Paul, Paul was uh, the person who wrote Romans, um, Adam and Jesus are, are the two key figures in salvation history whose disobedience or obedience have had ultimate consequences for all whom they represent, for all of their family tree. Now I want to give you a moment to picture your family tree. Think of the, the famous or the infamous ancestor perhaps. Think of your great-grandparents, your grandparents, your parents, your uncles and aunties, your cousins, your siblings. As you picture it, I'm guessing that it's going to bring up mixed feelings for you. Because if your family is anything like mine, It's a bit of a mixed bag. These days you can explore your family tree using websites uh, such as ancestry.com.au. Have you heard of that one before? Um, it's, Its tagline, for example, is this. There could be more to your story. Start piecing together your family history and discover fascinating details about your ancestors' lives. And it even has a new ancestry DNA test uh, which they can say, which they say can help unlock even more of your family story. And the experience is, for a lot of people, is that when they do, they discover that there is good, and there is bad, and then there is the ugly, physically or otherwise. There are family members whom you celebrate and others whom you wish you could make disappear. Family trees can be both a blessing and a curse. And that is exactly the message of the second half of Romans 5. It's an ancestry DNA test, and all humanity belonged to One of two family trees, Adam's or Christ's, and we're going to find out what being in one or the other means for you. The first thing we must notice is this, that there's a bit of an odd structure to these verses. So as I said, they can be very difficult to follow, and so we're going to need some sense as to how they all fit together. And so verse 12 begins like this, it says, look, therefore, just as sin entered the world through one man... and..." Death through sin, and in this way death came to all people because all sinned. And then the verse ends with a dash. <laughs> you see that? We're expecting a so also, but it's not there. The so also actually comes all the way down in verse 18, where sort of Paul picks up his comparison of Adam and Jesus. But Paul stops sort of mid-sentence here. Because before he can go on to compare them, he must first contrast them. And this is going to help make Paul's point. But we really do need to stop for a moment and just appreciate what it is that Paul is saying here in verse 12. So once again, Therefore just as sin entered the world through one man and death through sin, and in this way death came to all people, Because all sinned, describes a situation that rapidly deteriorated. It began with one man sinning and ends with all men dying. Sin entered the world through one man, Adam. Okay, Paul doesn't direct his audience to ancestry.com.au because he assumes that they already know that story. They know the tragic story of the fall in Genesis 3. And just as God had warned, death entered the world because of sin, and then death spread to all human beings because all sinned. Now, on one level, that is all fairly straightforward. The question for us is this what on earth did Paul mean by because all sinned? And this is where we must be careful. There are really only two possible answers to that question. Either all sinned like Adam, it's imitation, right? all sinned like Adam, or all sinned in and with Adam, participation. Now I'm just going to lay my cards out on the table. And suggests that actually what Paul meant is, was that all sinned in and with Adam and therefore death came to all people. That is, Paul is not saying that all die because we are like Adam, because we sin like him. Although we do, we do, but because we're all in Adam. That is, when he sinned, so did we. Now, I understand that that is not very palatable, but nevertheless, I think we must swallow it, and here's why. The verb sinned here is in a tense that always points to a single past action. You can't quite see it in English, but in Greek it's in a tense that always points to a single past action. So, Paul is saying that the whole race sinned in that one moment. He could have. He would have used another tense if he'd meant something else. But also, just, just take a look at the context as well in which this verse appears. Even just a quick scan. So even verse 15. This is, this is, Paul consistently refer back to the one man and the one sin. You ready? So verse 15. The many died by the one man, by the trespass of, the, of one man. Verse 16, the judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation. Verse 17, by the trespass of one man, death reigns through that one man. Verse 18, one trespass uh, resulted in condemnation for all people. Verse 19, for the disobedience of the one man, the many were made sinners. Paul is saying that we are connected to Adam such that his one sin, his first sin, is regarded as our sin. And we are worthy of condemnation for it. I told you it was distasteful. And especially to us. Because in the West, right, we perceive of ourselves as individuals, we believe every man is an island. We, we rise or we fall, we, we succeed or we fail on our own, on our own merits. We see humanity is made up of as many autonomous units as there are people. But the Bible thinks differently. And in fact, so do most other cultures. The idea is this that you can have a relationship with a person so that whatever that person does, in a sense, you have done. It's a concept of a representative or a federal headship. Now, in the West, we really only recognise the legitimacy of such a relationship, of such a person, If we voluntarily enter into that sort of relationship, right? When, for example, we elect officials or when we hire a lawyer. But God has always dealt with humanity through a head and representative. And friends, that he does is very, very good news. Because if the first Adam's disobedience is our disobedience, then the second Adam's obedience can be our obedience. Paul's point is the whole story of the human race can be summed up in terms of what has happened because of Adam and what has happened and will yet happen because of Christ. The one man... The one act of the one man determines the destiny of the many. In 1940, after the aerial conflict between uh, Britain and Germany, Churchill famously declared that never was so much owed by so many to so few. Well, except in this case, where So many owe so much to the one single man. See, what's at stake here in verse... We're still on verse 12. What's at stake here in verse 12 is this whole comparison between Adam and Christ, right? If we don't understand because all sinned as because all sinned in and with Adam, then the entire comparison between Adam and Christ begins to break down because Paul says that Adam is a pattern of the one to come. He's a pattern of the one to come. It's the way Adam represents humanity points ahead to the way that Christ represents believers. Adam is a a type of Christ in that, like Christ, he functioned as the head of all humanity. And uh, yet, having having said that, uh, Paul must first clarify how it is that Adam... And Christ differ. So, how is it that they are different? Well, verse 15, but the gift is not like the trespass, he says. The gift is not like the trespass. Why? Because first, the nature of their actions was very, very different. Adam's trespass was an act of self-assertion, wasn't it? Self-assertion. You go back to Genesis, that's effectively what it was. Whereas Christ's act was a was an act of self-sacrifice. Second, the immediate effect of their actions was different. Verse sixteen: Nor can the gift of God be compared with the result of one man's sin. The judgment followed one sin and brought condemnation, but the gift followed many trespasses and brought justification. Now, we might naturally think that many many sins would actually attract more and more judgment but such is the nature of grace third the ultimate effect of the two actions is also different for if by the trespass of the one man death reign through that one man how much more will those who receive God's abundant provision of grace and of the gift of righteousness reign in life through the one man Jesus Christ one rightly results in death the other in life. One is a proportionate response, the other is a disproportionate response. That is, in Adam we get exactly what we deserve, whereas in Christ we get much more than we deserve. The gift is not like the trespass. And now finally Paul can return <clears throat> to comparing them. So here is the, the so also to the just as in verse 12. So how is it that Adam and Christ are similar? He says, Consequently, just as one trespass resulted in condemnation for all people, so also one righteous act, that is Christ's willingness to go to the cross, resulted in justification and life for all people. For just as through the disobedience of the one man the many were made sinners, so also... Through the obedience of the one man, the many will be made righteous. So how is Adam a pattern or a type of Christ? How are they similar? Well, Adam and Jesus are the two key figures in salvation history whose disobedience or obedience have had ultimate consequences for all whom they represent. And the parallel, parallel that Paul wants us to see and rejoice in is that just as Adam's sin is imputed to us because we were in him, so Christ's righteousness is imputed to us because we are in him. Throughout the series... I've been using a lot of courtroom language, if you've been following. Here in the second half of Romans 5, the, the picture comes into focus a little bit and we begin to see that it is actually Christ who is our legal advocate. He puts himself in our place. It is he, not we, who is seen and heard. And regarded. If you've been following uh, just even these verses in chapter 5, though, you might ask, well, what did the law of Moses add to the equation, right? We've skipped Moses. We've gone from Adam to Christ. What about the law of Moses? And Paul's answer is actually, look, it made it worse. It made the situation worse. The law was brought in so that the trespass might increase so like a child, I'm very familiar with this, like a child who wants to know where the line is so they can cross it, the law provokes sin rather than preventing it. God, however, met the increase of sin with the increase of his grace. It goes on there, but where sin increased, grace increased all the more. So that just as sin reigned in death, so also grace might reign through righteousness to bring eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. The word translated there, uh, increased all the more, that's actually the one word. It's actually very difficult to uh, translate into English. It might be better translated as something like super abounded or super increased or something like that. It pictures the unending and overflowing grace. And the message is that God's grace to humanity is far greater than humanity's rebellion against God. Well, Adam and Christ are two heads and representatives of two family trees of which we're all part of one or the other. And as you know, many families are a mixed bag, There is the good and the bad, and there is the ugly. There are family members whom you celebrate and others whom you you wish could disappear. But these two family trees in Romans, there's no mixed bag. One is a blessing, one is a curse one is the tree of life the other the tree of death and if you are a christian then we celebrate our head and our representative jesus for who he is and what he's done for us if you are not a christian you cannot make adam simply disappear You must be born again into a new family. You must choose who your head and representative will be. Adam, who brings condemnation and judgment, or Christ, who brings righteousness and justification. As I said earlier, that God deals with us through a head and representative is very, very good news. <clears throat> because if the first Adam's disobedience is our disobedience, then the second Adam's obedience can be our obedience. And that is exactly what has occurred if you are a Christian. Christ's righteousness has been counted, credited, credited, reckoned to your account you are a new person and we we are a new people and the rest of Romans will fill out exactly what that means let me pray Heavenly Father we thank you for our head and representative Jesus Christ we celebrate what he has done for us, what is he achieved for us. And we thank you that in him we are counted righteous. And so we pray that this truth might sink deeply into our lives, into every nook and cranny, into every hour of every day, and might bear much fruit to your glory. And we pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.